Hey everyone, and welcome back to For Your Benefits, a podcast where we cover trends in employee health benefits, healthcare, company culture, employee engagement, and more. My name is Amy Utterback, and I'm the Vice President of Business Development with Century Health, and I'm going to be your host for today's episode as we dive into the topic of reference-based pricing as an alternative to more traditional carrier-based health plans. With me today are two industry experts on the topic. I have Ed Zillabo. Ed has been in and around the healthcare market 40 years. He served as regional vice president at Cigna, where he managed a staff model providing medical, pharmacy, optical, and vision to over 65,000 members. He then went on to be an executive director at United Healthcare, working with HMOs and PPOs. And in 2001, Ed founded a medical advocacy program he called MAP Health as a resource for driving patients to high quality, affordable healthcare. Uh, MAP Health has since become a part of Century Health, and Ed continues to work with Century Health and other companies as a trusted advisor and consultant. Welcome, Ed. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also have with us today, Scott Crawford. Scott brings over 35 years of industry experience. Scott also cut his teeth in by working with some of the large group insurance carriers in major markets, but he's now the owner of Anchor Health Benefits Consulting, a third-party benefit administrator and consulting firm out of Maitland, Florida. They also have some offices in St. Pete, Florida. Anchor has been around for more than 20 years, providing customized benefits programs and services in everything from flexible spending accounts medical expense reimbursement accounts, vague administration. And of course, their main focus is on self-funded benefit programs that it can include network-based plans as well as reference-based pricing programs. And at Anchor, they actually call that program value-based pricing. Uh, we're going to dig into that a little more deeply here in a few moments. But uh, in, the, in the meantime, Scott, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to pick both of your brains on this topic uh, that I know can be such a powerful strategy for employers, but I think it can also be really misunderstood. So to start off, I thought let's, uh, for our our listeners who are maybe not familiar with what reference-based pricing is, can we just have one of you explain what the basics of a reference-based pricing strategy is? Reference-based pricing is nothing more than understanding what we're paying in health insurance. So health insurance has always been kind of unknown as to how providers are being paid. And it's a benefit between the in-network or out-of-network arrangements. What we're saying here is that it's been kind of broken. And with reference-based pricing, you know exactly approximately what everybody's paying the providers and you have to go through your navigation system, which in this case would be through Sentry, and they would help you identify the doctors and hospitals to go to so that you don't have any misunderstanding about balance billing or what portion you would have to pay. So it's, it's a known entity as to how the pricing of services are rendered, and you can find out before the services are being provided. The uh, good news with reference-based pricing is that uh, with with the negotiation process through through uh, dealing with facilities and and doctors, the reimbursements to those both facilities and doctors are substantially lower uh, than they would be with a commercial carrier. That's why this uh, approach to reference-based approach to uh, uh, healthcare is becoming more and more popular. Employers 
can save substantial amount of uh, money uh, uh, utilizing a reference-based uh, company. You know, if I were an employer interested in learning more about reference-based pricing or just looking for ways to affect you know, my healthcare spend, who should be considering reference-based pricing? Should all employers consider reference-based pricing or you know, are there employers that are better candidates than others? We've been now in this uh, field for uh, five, six, seven years. And uh, it has been a maturation process over that period of time. And uh, I would tell you that uh, two things have to happen with reference-based pricing. Employers have to understand what they're getting involved in. They have to recognize that there is going to be uh, negotiations taking place with facilities and, and providers. They have to understand that their employees are have a uh, navigational uh, tool to uh, uh, get to a, a benefit level that is increased over what you would get from a commercial carrier, but there's obligations that they need to uh, deal with. In, in that being said, the employer has to uh, get behind the reference-based pricing concept and make sure that it, the employee base understands exactly what uh, the company is getting into and the education process is uh, substantial. Employees have to know how to navigate the system to uh, receive the benefit levels, which are, again, increased substantially over what the market would, would bear. Scott, do you sometimes kind of guide folks that are maybe interested in reference-based pricing? Maybe they haven't been self-funded very long or they're not even self-funded yet. Um, there's kind of a graduated process sometimes to getting into reference-based pricing. Would you agree? you think that's a good strategy? We're in a unique situation uh, working at Anchor, we have the ability to provide a network-based program alongside of a value-based pricing program. And this allows for employees to make a decision as to whether they want to uh, stay with a network-based program, higher deductibles, uh, higher out-of-pocket maximums, uh, but utilizing a network-based program, uh, a traditional network-based program, or they want to uh, involve themselves in a value-based pricing uh, concept where they would reap the benefits of, of lower out-of-pocket maximums through copays. And we all know freedom of choice uh, wins out. Uh, so offering both options is a good way for an employer to get into uh, the reference-based pricing arena. So really, anybody who's self-funded today or has considered self-funding in the past uh, should consider looking into a reference-based pricing program, whether it's a, dual, a, a single option or a dual option, as Scott was saying, where they're offering a, a carry alongside the reference-based program. Uh, the differential between just right off the bat, uh, the reinsurance companies recognize the, the value of reference-based pricing versus a network-based program. And right off the bat, uh, the carriers we're working with uh, give us substantial discounts for our reference-based pricing program. The, and when I say substantial, you're looking at probably 30 to 40% of a differential between a traditional network-based program and a reference-based pricing plan. So I think you kind of answered one of the questions uh, that, I, that I was going to lead into, Scott. You know, you, you did a good job of kind of lining out some of the um, 
you know, what the, the responsibility of an employer interested in moving forward with reference-based pricing would be as far as, you know, being willing to recognize, um, you know, what is going to fall upon them. You also just mentioned some of the cost savings that obviously is a benefit of reference-based pricing for employers. Aside from cost savings, you know, are there any additional benefits to going that route of reference-based pricing? The way we uh, are set up, we're providing a value-based pricing program versus a reference-based pricing program. And the value proposition here is that we're looking for the best doctor uh, or provider, healthcare provider, uh, to solve the employee's problem one time. So uh, we offer this service to employees so that they, they can uh, deal with uh, Century Health. Uh, Century Health does some research for them to find, let's say, the best uh, knee surgeon in the area uh, so that they can go have their knee replacement done one time. From a cost control standpoint, that means from an employer wins because the knee is done one time, doesn't have to go back for a replacement knee. Uh, so th that's one advantage. The other advantage is we oftentimes uh, pay facilities and or providers up front prior to the procedures being done. So we need the buy-in from the uh, employees uh, and the buy-in uh, comes in the form of a copay. And the copays are in the neighborhood of $500 or $250 on an outpatient basis. So conceivably, you know, a woman could have a, uh, a, a baby, a birth of a child for $500. Stay, staying in the hospital for two days, normal delivery, uh, and the out-of-pocket expense would be 500. So you could see where the employee benefits uh, through the navigational system, um, but but they would be working with MAP, and MAP would be helping, or Century would be helping uh, the employee get the best provider to solve the problem. And Ed, do you want to kind of describe, since you helped to design that program, the what was the MAP program and is now part of Century Health, um, and how that works together with a reference-based pricing uh, program or a value-based pricing like Anchor, um, you know, what are we doing on the backside to, you know, to help facilitate a, a, a group that is under reference-based pricing and how that member experience would look? A lot of all of this started with the fact that nobody was talking to the consumer. Uh, the carrier system, network system, talks to the provider, never talks to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And so with this uh, system that uh, Century has developed, like with Anchor, is they have we have the ability to go out and reach and talk to the consumers, educate them, understand the program, understand how when they call in, they're going to get information, not just about the best doctors that we just described on a total knee replacement, but they would also understand more about what they're getting themselves into, uh, what the outcome is expected from this procedure, and probably most importantly, how to talk to the doctor about this procedure and what kind of questions you should be asking and understanding so that you're going to be a more informed consumer when you go about getting your own healthcare services. Um, and I think that's the key right there is just education. These programs are designed to educate and help navigate the consumer 
whereas the carrier system is only interested in um, letting the consumer do whatever they would like. And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the best for the consumer. So the interest of the consumer is first and foremost in educating them as to how to navigate the delivery system is, is the key element, I think, of these programs. Again, that's the, the value proposition that we were talking about. The mm -hmm. consumers benefiting uh, from from the from Century supporting uh, their efforts. That's a great point. Uh, I, I did want to also ask, you know, if I were an employer or if I'm a broker, um, and I'm you know new to reference based pricing, what should I be looking for in in the right program? How do I identify the right program? You know, what you know services need to be there? What you know kind of what, what, what would you guys recommend? One of the areas that uh, has been abused under the reference-based pricing scenario is the fact that administration costs have been uh, very, very high. Some of the companies that started out early early on and have continued uh, are charging a, a, an exorbitant amount of administration costs. You're getting the benefit to a certain extent of claims controls, but for the administration of those claims controls, you're paying an absorbent amount of administrative fees. So an employer needs to look at those costs uh, in relationship to, to how other companies uh, provide reference-based pricing uh, programs and their administrative costs. Um, just to give an example, uh, there are companies out there that use a percentage of um, savings off of bill charges versus the uh, end um, uh, negotiated rate, uh, and the percentages are rather high. Other companies are are doing are doing this on a per employee per month basis, so you know exactly what your um, your fixed costs or your administrative costs would be. I think one of the things about these programs that a broker should be concerned about, and when they examine the different programs, is how does any program identify the best doctor. Is it a program A that says, I'm gonna give you the doctor that's the most cooperative? Or mm -hmm. B, I'm gonna give you the doctor that uh, gives me the best price? Or is it C uh, that we, we follow, that we take a blend of identifying who is the best doctor based on outcomes and that includes uh, volume, how many procedures they did. You look at mortality, complications, and how many outlier cases. And you can re-credential the doctor, and uh, you'll find out that less than 10, 15% of the doctors in the community will meet our criteria and also are cost-effective and also are going to give you um, we're not going to have to deal with the balance billing issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you pay me now, pay me later. So the issue is, is how to proactively deal with the patients. And that's what brokers need to evaluate. How proactive is any organization dealing with my client's membership? And what criteria do you use in identifying doctors? And how do you go about understanding um, the value aspect of the different programs that are out there. Ed uh, hit on one other area that I think is real important. A lot of the reference-based pricing carriers out there are negotiating with the provider after the fact, uh, and that leads to 
uh, potential balance billing, demand letters uh, from the facilities. Uh, we, you have less of a ability to negotiate after the procedure's been done. We take a stance on going after providers up front prior to the procedure being done mm-hmm. and uh, getting significant discounts for prompt pay or what we call a direct pay system. And that avoids balanced billing. Balanced billing, again, can be a, a big problem if carriers are, are dealing with, uh, with facilities uh, after the fact, after the procedure's been done. And do you address that with through the medical advocacy and the navigation piece? That, again, uh, is a Century Health um, uh, anchor uh, coordinated effort. Uh, it, it's done through pre-cert. Um, which uh, Century provides. Century's services are uh, very uh, extensive. They provide uh, not only an advocacy program, they provide case management, they provide pre-cert work, and also now uh, a telehealth program. Um, And this is all under one roof where a lot of our competition have uh, various companies or vendors trying to coordinate all of these services uh, through different vendors. Um, we, we've got a distinct advantage in the marketplace with Century Health having all of these services under one roof. So in other words, when we're talking about coordination, I think it's important for uh, brokers and employers to understand when somebody does a pre-certification, it's usually for medical necessity. And where this program does that, obviously, um, but it also goes a little bit further. It identifies whether or not the consumer actually called and talked to a MAP or Century nurse and it was assisted and is going in the right direction. If they're not going in the right direction, there's an outreach and there's discussions with that consumer, not the doctor is usually doing the pre-cert, but with the consumer. Under, making sure they understand what they're getting themselves into, yeah, uh, and and understand their financial responsibility. Um, or you can look at case management, and when you're dealing with a person in case management, you're the nurse is usually assisting the consumer and helping them. But what most of them don't do that Map uh, Century and Anchor is doing is uh, identifying the physicians that would probably be best suited to assist and help that consumer uh, get the best outcomes. Again, it's, it's navigating uh, the individual person and ensuring that they're getting the right care. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like having also really an ecosystem, right, of, you know, whether it's vendor partners that work collaboratively and, really will dig in and, and get involved with the group and with the members and help to educate and really guide through the process. Yeah, there's a huge amount of coordination that has to take place. Uh, uh, we're, we're acting as the insurance company at the same time uh, providing this reference-based price, pricing product. Um, and everybody has to be talking to each other. All of our systems um, are coordinated and uh, uh, we have uh, uh, a very unified uh, approach to the consumer, as, as uh, Ed has, to- has talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our our uh, telehealth program is tied into MAP. 
um, maps tied into Anchor. Uh, the PBM is tied into the process. Uh, and it's one cohesive uh, operation. Uh, and this has come from, a, a, again, a maturation process over the years, um, you know, finding out that these uh, uh, vendors all need to work together and all talk to one another to, to make a, uh, a cohesive product for the consumer, as Ed has pointed out. You know, as we, we start to wrap up today, what advice would the two of you give to employers who are considering adding reference-based pricing to the benefits plan? As a, as a broker, if you're happy with the premiums that your client is paying, you don't have to look at reference-based pricing. But if you're concerned about cost, that's what usually motivates people to look at reference-based pricing. But what you really should be looking at is the quality of care, since this is a benefit you're offering your employers uh, to their employees, is how is the benefit structured and managed to get the individual consumer the best medical care? And reference-based pricing, obviously, the way we've designed it, helps the consumer and, and encourages the consumer to change the way they've approached purchasing medical care. And they're finding out by being proactive, they're getting better care at a lower price. Well, while Ed's touched on the quality of aspects of this thing, um, you know, getting back to what I said originally about the financial side of things, uh, in today's environment, employers are looking at cutting costs and uh, brokers need to be aware of this, this avenue because when you're looking at a 30% reduction in, in premium, uh, you know, a $2 million account, you're looking at $600,000. Uh, so a substantial amount of uh, premium dollars that are left on the table uh, if, if people are not looking at reference-based pricing. Brokers are not looking at reference-based pricing and showing it and presenting it to their, their clients. Well, I appreciate both of you sharing your perspectives on this. I know you've spent a lot of time in the industry. I really respect your um, your knowledge and your expertise in bringing that to our listeners today. If people want to reach out to you, if they have additional questions, what's the best way to contact you, Scott? My phone number is uh, 727-726-1964, and I'm at extension 251. My email address is Scott C at Anchor Benefit, no S, anchorbenefit.com. And the best way to get a hold of me is ed.dillabo, of course, that's D-I-L-L-A-B-O-U-G-H, at centuryhealth.com, or you can reach me by cell, uh, cellular phone number is 727-535-5400. today's episode of For Your Benefits. Thanks again to Scott and Ed for joining us. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about Century Health, you can check us out at our website, centuryhealth.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.